nobody knows. Because he is very into and uh, would make the contention, I think, um, that we're kind of in a, a little bit of a golden age, I would say, of uh, kind of female um, pop singers. Would that be fair? Yes, that's exactly right. Um, and so I've, I've heard um, most of these that you're planning on talking about, but I'm certainly not well-versed in any of them. Um, probably Janelle Monet would be the one. Maybe Beyonce that I would be the most familiar with. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, so we want to hear your thoughts on this and kind of your arguments um, in favor of uh, why everyone should be listening to these artists and why, crucially, why, why they're important. Um, so go ahead and, uh, and start with whichever one you want um, and just kind of work your way through and we'll just kind of have uh, interjections and questions and comments um, when we have them. All right, that this is good. So I, I have come, I have come in my capacity as an evangelist uh, <laughs> to talk about <laughs> to talk about these female pop stars that exist because I I, I think uh, while 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 you potheads are listening to prog rock and doom metal <laughs> and indie and singer songwriters, there has been this as you say this golden age, this renaissance. And it's not even a renaissance because there was no naissance. It's just purely the greatest moment in in the history of pop music for 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 women, especially, but but also I would say kind of by extension for pop music. Um, so I, I wanted to do sort of in praise of various people. The obvious person to start with uh, is Beyonce. Yeah. However, yeah. however, she's not your I, I'm going one. to start with no, she's not, and 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 that's. And what the complicating factor is for starting with Beyonce at this exact moment for me personally is that I have been listening to Janelle Monae's Dirty Computer on a loop since it came out. Uh, And not just like in the context of talking about female pop singers, but really in the context of talking about literally anything, the only thing I want to talk about in my life is Janelle Monae. (laughs) Gotcha. Um, But but I, I I will get to her in due time. Yeah, Beyonce is a good starting point because, on the one hand, she is this uh, this absolutely iconic pop culture figure For at sure. this point, yep. uh, like a reference, a pop culture reference, uh, and so there's that is that she's sort of playing this, or she's in this position within pop culture and within pop music that was Elvis and 
Michael Jackson and Madonna yeah. and the Beatles, like in terms of being like the superstar. Yeah, I'd say that's um, fair. Yeah, I hate corny with that Illuminati mess. Paparazzi catch my fly and my cocky fresh. I'm so reckless when I rock my Givenchy dress. I'm so possessive, so I rock his rock necklaces. My daddy Alabama, mama Louisiana. You mix that Negro with that Creole, make a Texas Bama. Sauce in my bag. Swag. Oh yeah, baby. Oh yeah. I, oh, oh yes. I like that. But the other thing, the other thing that's interesting about Beyonce, obviously, is that she started in Destiny's Child, and Destiny's Child came out at a time that was decidedly, in my opinion, not a golden age for pop no, women. <laughs> because Destiny's Child came out at a time when pop women were doing a thing that we kind of expect pop women to do, and here I mean. The late 90s, early 2000s, so we're talking about Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera and Mandy Moore and Jessica Simpson. And that was just sort of, like, to be fair to three out of the four of them, they do still have careers, which is unlike the people I'm about to compare them to. But that was sort of an updated version of, like, Debbie Gibson and Tiffany. Yep, absolutely. Where there is this sort of, like, this sort of sugar rush, no nutrition. Mouseketeers. Mouseketeers. Yes, but the Mouseketeers have provided us with That's true. an enormous That's amount That's true. of, I mean, Justin Timberlake and Ryan Gosling. It's fucked up that I named two men in the context of wanting to talk about the role of women in, in, in pop music now, but but Beyonce came out of that time, right? And so, so there's, a, there's a way to look at it and even say, at the time, Destiny's Child felt to a lot of people like... A, like a B-list TLC, and like this a like Bev Bev DeVoe, like a female, yeah, that's the sort of thing you might imagine. Or like they were they were in this like kind of it's a it's a long tradition, but recent it had been a recent tradition in the '90s of these sort of like vocal group R and B. TLC was one, Boys to Men was one, All for One was one, that kind of thing. Color me but, bad. Color me bad. If you want to go before my time, then yes, color me bad. Uh, and, uh, and Beyonce has sort of, in a very kind of unlikely way, emerged from this really garbage time for pop music, which is the late 90s and early 2000s, into what she has become. And the only real comp you could think of is, is Justin Timberlake, who also, who was in NSYNC, obviously, and then emerged as this, like, incredible actor and uh, musical talent and so on. But for me, uh, what makes Beyonce interesting as an artist is the way that she has taken her pedestal, which came off the back of pretty good but not great records like I Am Sasha Fierce and... um, you know, like the, the the immediate post Destiny's Child records, which had good songs on them but were not great records, and then made Lemonade. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Occurring theme for me about the 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 women pop stars that I that I feel like talking about is that um, they do this. They get famous as kind of like teeny uh, TRL 
to use the very timely reference of a show that was on when I was in high school. Uh, hey, we, but we that's got sort it. of like, <laughs> yeah, good. All right, but that's sort of like teen pop cover of the magazine's like thing, and and many of them are making really dope choices, and that is what something that I think separates them from, um, from their predecessors, with the arguable exception of Madonna. Yeah. But Beyonce takes this pedestal she's on and this like place she has in pop culture and makes a record, Lemonade, that is musically incredibly interesting and also far and away the least pop thing she's done. Yep. There's no obvious single. There's no Halo. There's no If I Was a Boy. There's yep. no Crazy in Love on Lemonade. Makes this visual album of it. Mm-hmm. And, in, and 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 it's a record that is like and and is so timely, obviously, for the end of the Obama, beginning of the Trump presidency. This sort of like aggressive assertion of black womanhood. Yep, absolutely. And specifically, so there's this yep. there's this like Black Lives Matter aspect to it, and it's hyper political in its way, and very very black, um, very intentionally black in a way that you would would think about artists like James Brown or, or Sly Stone being. And aggressively and, female forward as well. And aggressively female forward as well. And I think that's such a big deal. And like basically calling out Jay-Z. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> on the record. Uh-huh. And, and there, so there is this, and then like, and then going to the fucking Super Bowl and performing this shit in a way that really upset Fox and friends, uh, has, has to me lemonade has has for me validated her iconic stature sure like that yep. she's taken that stature and now she's made this record lemonade and toured on it and gone on the fucking super bowl and it's like you want beyonce because she's the most famous person in the world and she's gonna do some black power shit at the cameras at the super bowl uh that is so intensely fucking like the spirit of rock and roll the spirit yep. of hip-hop the Absolutely. spirit of punk rock etc everything we love about like musical artists as pop culture figures, Beyonce fully represents in, in spades at this point. And so I, so Beyonce is not my favorite uh, musically. I, I listen to her pretty rarely, uh, but um, I think you have to respect that with Lemonade, she she merited the acclaim she gets. Absolutely, and said, absolutely. And uh, I haven't seen I haven't seen it yet. Um, but did you see her? Uh performance at Coachella no oh my god no I haven't I haven't had a chance to see it on account of the crimes against humanity but uh yeah my understanding is that it's like amazing yeah that's what I've heard too. next level yeah that's what I've heard yeah. I haven't seen it yet I'm gonna have to make time for it at some point um but continue yeah and and because I'm and because I'm not in love with her music although uh, although I mean that's that's sort of part of the thing is that um, and we don't only do this with pop stars. We do this with a lot of people where it's like, you know, Andy Warhol is much more interesting as a pop culture figure than he is as an artist. For sure. Uh, and, and I, I think that that's true about Beyonce, except for, except for that Lemonade is the counterpoint. So here this woman made this like challenging, this difficult musically. And in terms of content, this record that is so of its moment and so of this beautiful history of, of black music as resistance mm-hmm. in the tradition, as I said, of James Brown, of Sly Stone, 
of Nina Simone, of Billie Holiday, like so in that tradition and so like aware of that tradition and intentionally part of it. And um, I, I think that that's I think that that's so fucking dope. And so whenever I, I, I again, she's not my top ranked person, but that I'm going to list tonight. But she is. Uh, it used to be that I was a little bit of a Beyonce contrarian, but after Lemonade, I don't think you can be anymore. She's proven herself. She does have some great pop songs too. It has to be said. She totally does. I, like Crazy in Love is fucking great, yeah. and uh, Halo is a cool song. I really that's. I don't believe in guilty pleasures, obviously, but uh, Halo would be one if I did. Yeah. Um, I, but I also like. I'm. I'm about single ladies. Put a ring on it too. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good song. Like, yeah, that's a good. song. That's a good song. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a good song. And just because Kanye was addicted to Taylor doesn't take away from how good a song it is. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so that's so that's Beyonce, <laughs> and and she does deserve like. Is she more than opinion, just a, a singer, position. though? I, I mean, I see she she participates in the writing of these songs. Uh, is she writing lyrics, melodies? I mean, is she a musician? I think because we both What know. I don't understand is why does any of these songs need 15... There's one song in here that's 15 writers. Why would <laughs> okay. you ever need 15 <laughs> songwriters for a song? I don't, so I think, I've never understood that. I think we both know that in pop music, it's, it's the same way Nashville works, which is like if you're in the room, you get a writing credit. So I don't think that like who gets the writing credit on songs actually tells you much or anything about who actually wrote it. I don't know if she writes the lyrics. I don't know how she contributes to the writing. But I would say to the point that I like is under the point you're making uh, about 15 writers is that uh, Ray Charles didn't write his music. Aretha Franklin didn't write her music. Who cares? So the, oh, I know. The, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm not arguing the fact that she's a good singer and entertaining singer. I just, you know, I just, there's a limit. Well, but you to said it. But I'm just curious. I'm just curious how much she participates in the creation of her music because that's that's my where my interest lies. You know. Well, I would I would guess that it, it depends on how you look at it. So I don't think that she's. I mean, none of the people that I'm going to name really are writing their own shit except for Amy Winehouse. Um, uh, but I think. You know there is there is an element of artistry, sort of. It's not the same as having written it, but in in choosing the songs that you that you sing and so on. Like I said, so the the and this these are the Ray Charles and Aretha Franklin are always my go to examples on this. But like that's um, oh Elvis is a good one too. Yeah. Didn't write Elvis too. Yeah. So there's something about so to me, um, writing music, writing lyrics, singing, perform like playing instruments and performing are all distinct skills. And it's yeah. nice when somebody has all of them, but I don't see why it's necessary for somebody to have all and of she, them. And she's certainly the uh, uh, CEO of Beyonce Corporation. Um, she's a very mm. smart person um, in that sense. Very canny and clever. Very savvy. Yes, yeah. she is. She is. And, and, and for this to be, and for this to be a girl who basically had a theater dad who was like grew up singing and like Destiny's Child was performing at fucking malls around Houston when she was a kid. And for her to emerge as like a really legitimate artist and, uh, pop culture figure and with something, with something really like interesting to say. So I would say that even if, if she wrote, if, I don't know what her contributions to actually writing any of the songs on Lemonade were, but, it's still um, fucking lemonade. You can, and right, and you can be sure that she chose to put out that record. Yep, yeah, that was that was her that, idea. That, yeah, 
Lots of people, lots of people are trying to sell the overall concept is is coming from her, uh, her creativity. Uh, yeah, yeah, and 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 what she's trying to present and what she's trying to say, right? And so she just, I, she's finding she's finding the artist, uh, you know, sort of like finding the tools, the right tools to put it together. Yeah, and that's that's a nice. I still scene. don't. I, I still will never understand why one song would have fifteen songwriters. Uh, that's amusing. No, it, it it doesn't make any fucking sense. I have, I have, there's a really good friend of mine who had t- twice in his life now two different times a publishing deal in Nashville, and he told me it works exactly the same way there. But like who gets the writing credit on the song is literally just who was in the room. When yeah, because that's that's it, that's money on an album that's going to sell millions. That's having one tenth of one song on an album that sells millions is money. So yeah, yeah, forever. Yeah. And and yeah. and there's <laughs> exactly. And th- and that's probably more than anything what it comes down to because I often wonder like why did you put your name on this like song that's got fifteen writers? Why does Beyonce have to be one of them? What are you trying to prove? But then like that's what it probably is. Is it's just about royalties? Yep. So that's kind of ugly, but it is what it is. Yeah. I come from um, a place of curiosity. I didn't mean to sound negative. No, no, I didn't think you did. But it, but it's a it's a common criticism of pop music in general. True. Uh, that I think is not like I think we should hold people who do everything well to uh, like we should revere them more. Do you know like the like. There's no describing, for example, the greatness. At the base of it, all that matters is whether or not you enjoy listening to it and it brings you whatever sort of emotion you're wanting it to bring you. What if it's doing for you what you want it to do for you, then it's good. You know, that's all yeah. that matters. Yeah, and that, yeah, and 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 go ahead. That's absolutely a fair point, and I, I would also say that uh, I mean, to some extent, all pop music is guilty of of just that very thing. Um, the kind of there's a little bit of a manufactured quality to all of it. But then again, I mean, there's a huge difference between, say, New Kids on the Block um, and, oh, and yeah, Michael yeah, yeah. Jackson. Sure, for sure. You know? For sure. Yeah. For sure. So. It's, yeah, a, yeah, it's, so, it's show business. Yeah. It's, it's, it's right, I think, it's right as, like, people who are, have a critical ear when we listen to pop music to be, to give more credit to people who can do everything well. But, like, uh, do you know, like, there's no, there's no way to describe... Prince's greatness without talking about the fact that he wrote everything, produced everything, played fucking everything on Purple Rain, etc. Right, part of what you made know, him when as he, was as he was a kid. He was 23 when he did Purple Rain. And that's what makes him great. But if all he had been able to do, like, if, if all somebody can do is write or sing or perform, eh, that's still, I mean, that's still like, we're still talking about world class talent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. If, you can, if you can sing, like, if, you, if all you could do is sing as good as Prince, you're going to have a career somewhere. Yeah, so this 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 is a nice segue actually into it. I I didn't have an order in mind, but it's a nice segue into talking about Miley Cyrus, because Miley um, has in common with Beyonce, obviously, that she was a famous kid, child star, and yep. that masketeer, and she was yeah like a Disney Channel star with this very wholesome image, and Hannah uh, Montana doing like Hannah Montana Ooh. doing like. Absolutely disposable. Yeah, output. Disney yeah. pop for kids. Yeah, Disney pop. Um, and then has made this series of choices. Again, it's about like the choices somebody makes once they're already famous. That I think have been incredibly cool, even when they haven't been that good artistically. <laughs> the first thing about Miley is that she has a rare, a once in a generation voice. Absolutely, absolutely, one hundred percent. Her, yeah, definitely. Her. Her ability as a singer is unparalleled. There, there have been 
Uh, let's say what order I want to do this in. Okay, so Miley, obviously, one of the one of the easy-ass criticisms of Miley that came from, like, parents whose daughters used to like Hannah Montana was that she was over-sexualizing everything. Because she made, um, especially on the Bangers record, she made the Wrecking Ball video yeah, and was yeah. naked in the video, and then she was naked all, like, everywhere. Um, and people were upset because, and, and there was an, an incident that's worth highlighting <laughs> during that period when Sinead O'Connor wrote Miley an open letter in which, um, she had said, you know, like you're an artist and like, but you're in this industry full of men who want to take advantage of you and who are trying to sell your body, uh, and, and it distracts from your artistry and distracts from your talent. More or less is what Sinead O'Connor had to say. And that, and that there's no, there's nothing like long lasting about selling sex. And that it, that making it about Miley being naked means necessarily making it about Miley, not making it about Miley's talent. And, um, Miley was a real dick the way she answered, but it's worth saying that almost everything Sinead O'Connor said was wrong. Yeah. And so, especially like. Everything said was wrong. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. So, <laughs> like, obviously, there's a, ne- a necessity to be sensitive, especially in this, like, Me Too post-Harvey Weinstein news era about, like, there is some truth to how predatory predatory the, the record industry is on young women. But, um, first of all, sex is not long-lasting and a distraction from your artistry. Tell it to Madonna. Yeah. Tell it to yep, Marilyn Monroe. Yep. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Tell that to, tell um, that to fucking tell Elvis. To- Tell it to Elvis and James Dean. And the Beatles. But, but, the other, the other point of it was, is what Sinead was missing. Couldn't show Elvis from the waist down on TV. Exactly. Exactly. And so it's like, so there's like, yeah, sex, you, you can use sex as an artist. Of course you can. Uh, but the other piece of it was, um, that Miley was choosing that. Yeah, she knew what she was doing. You know, she knew exactly what she was doing. She knew what she, she she knew exactly what she was doing and and Miley was and and in this sense so like the the thing with uh what's his name Robin Thick at the VMAs and they like the whole twerking thing is like I make no excuses for Miley Cyrus it was like deeply problematic on a racial level and uh people who have been upset at her for that are f- being fair I think but I mean, Blurred Lines is pretty much a date rate. It, date, it date absolutely anthem, is. So. Yeah, yeah. Blurred, yeah, Blurred Lines <laughs> is like, it's, it's, yeah, it's not subtle. It's no, not at all not subtle at all. Nope. about not the fact that it's about rape. The, the, the lines, the lines were not very blurred, shall we say. No, no, no they were not. No. But, and, but Miley was at the same time doing this twerking thing and like her videos would have like big black women in them shaking their asses in a way that was like, yeah, like exploitative. I agree with this criticism of Miley. But, um, Miley having a, like been naked in the thing and like done all this stuff with Terry Richardson was like, I, I would I, I would argue like pretty feminist and like pretty assertive of I'm a I'm not a girl I'm a young woman now yes and I have a sexuality that I I can be naked if I want it's third wave feminism. and yeah and part of the part of the proof that that's what she was doing is the horrible fucking record that she made right after that with. The Flaming Lips. Oh, I yeah. like some of that album. I hate it. Don't, even, don't hate fucking it. get me. Like don't get me fucking started on Wayne Coyne and Miley Cyrus. I like some of it. Okay. I, like some of it. I, I, I would think Beatles you would stuff actually. Together. That was good too. I would think those the Beatles Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds with Moby. I oh, hate it. 
She no, she Miley Cyrus did a Beatles song with Flaming Lips. I think it was on like a night TV. Yeah, she did. She she did. She did. That shit was a good. Oh, I see. But she actually like they recorded some Beatles record. I guess it must have been Sgt. Pepper. And uh, oh, and yeah, yeah, she she and Moby sing on yeah, Lucy and Sky with Diamonds, and it's yeah. awful. Yeah, that awful. is another Flaming Lips uh, creation. See, like I I I kind of like uh, and I more and more lately, especially, and I'm, I'm sure you'll get to this the. Uh, um, that kind of unplugged backyard series stuff I, I really liked. So I'm starting to like Miley Cyrus more. And I, I, of course, love the Flaming Lips, but Miley Cyrus and the Flaming Lips, all of that, like everything about Miley Cyrus and Wayne Coyne, like getting together, just was very bad, those, very bad. Those live shows were quite provocative. I'm sure they were. Mm. <laughs> the Did you, I mean... Have you have you listened to the record they made together? Yeah, I've listened to. It. I've, I know you have. Yeah, I, I, I've Andy, listened to you? it, and I do not like it. Yeah, I do not it's, like it. It's so bad. He, it's so bad. It's like it's really like like potheads need an editor. It's it's. I realize I'm talking uh, to two potheads now, but like well, Jesus. Well, Christ. it's more than it's it's more than weed because this is part of uh, this is part of Wayne Coyne's midlife crisis where he started doing a bunch of coke. Um, he started doing a bunch this of is, these, ecstasy these are all, these and are, trying to, these are all stories. and trying to, these are all stories. no, these are not stories, these Andy. Un, he said it himself. Unconfirmed. He said it himself. Uh, and he, I don't believe, he, I don't believe anything he says. He about talked himself. about for like a year solid, like every fucking interview, he would unprompted bring up Miley Cyrus and talk about her at length. So basically he just wanted to, and maybe did, I don't know. He just wanted to fuck Miley Cyrus is basically what it was. Well, maybe that's not necessarily fair. Although I think they probably did, but it's it's. Are you familiar with the Stitches song, Miley Cyrus? Yeah, that's a good one. Well, Miley, the, so the thing is, like, I think that there there may be an element of it, and anytime like this much older dude takes as intense an interest as he did in a much younger woman, that we have reason it's to be suspicious of his motives. Yeah. But it's also the case, as I say, Miley Cyrus is a once-in-a-generation voice. She's unbelievably talented. And if and if he as an artist recognized that, and I'm not saying he necessarily did any more than Phil Spector did with Ronnie Spector, uh, that that there is also that element. But they I'm made sure a that, horrible record I'm sure there, together. I'm sure there was definitely an element of that as well, um, that he did recognize her talent. I don't, I don't want to discount that at all. But, um, but, but, there, but I think the, there were the probably fact, other factors in play as well. Yeah, like they were both being accused of being racist. That might have united them. <laughs> and, um, and they both, <laughs> they both like drugs. Um, also, yeah, I think yeah. that was probably the main that thing. Was probably the main thing. That was probably that the main together, thing. Yeah. Was like, but that was, but I think that that's anyway. The, even though I think that record sucks, I think it proves the point that Sinead O'Connor was wrong about Miley yeah. because she was yeah. doing whatever she wanted, and she was going to make this like nightmare of a fucking record with no thought of a single. As a clear no, pop that, star, yeah, that and like, was, that's what that she, was definitely not a pop move. To say like, and least. that's right. Yeah. So she she really was, and and that for me, that's credit as an artist. As she is following what she wants to do. Yep, that was and, the first time where I like I considered okay, she's you know she, you know, may be serious about this. You know, well, another way to consider it besides that record too is is uh, other Andy I already brought up the um, the the backyard sessions and that and like. The way that she pays homage to the artists that she loves, like her version of Jolene is yeah, unbelievable.
Version of Fifty Ways to Leave Your Lover is incredibly good. Androgynous. There's, yeah. And there's, there's. This will be a nice segue into into the next one because one of the things in the backyard session is is her and Ariana Grande. Oh yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Singing, singing. Uh, uh, Don't dream it's over. And very, very actively, um, heavily flirting with each other. Yes. (laughs) And they and they enjoyed that version. It's it's so good, and so that brings me to Ari. Ariana, Ariana Grande also as part of this part of this the, movement. Uh, Mickey Mouse, uh, Disney, pop yep. kind of stuff. Another another child star, somebody I never gave the time of day to, because like, and and I should know better than this, because she uh, she was famous for like kind of being a dick in public, and also. Uh, Every time I saw her on anything, I never had listened to her music, but whenever she was performing on TV or something like that, she was just over-singing everything. It was like Christina Aguilera flashbacks. I'm just like, I get that you have pipes, but like, rein it in a little. <laughs> Chill out. And, and, then I, and then I heard uh, Dangerous Woman. Made my decision to test my limits Cause it's my business, God is my witness Stop what I finished Don't need no holder, taking control of this kind of moment I'm locked and loaded, completely focused My mind is open All that you got, gonna the title track on her most recent record and it's got this like black keys riff and she sings the shit out of it but she sings the shit out of it in such a controlled way that i was like yo i gotta give this girl a chance like she's really good and that whole record is fucking great and ariana is another like unbelievably talented person and then another thing you've got to say about Ariana at this point, there's no, I'm sure she doesn't like that this is linked to her, but it is, is after the terrorist attack at her show in Manchester, Ariana Grande, by all accounts on her own kind of insistence, canceled the relevant dates on her tour so that she could do a benefit show in Manchester yep. for the victims yep. of the bombing at her show. 
And like that, that definitely is a, like a level of humanity. Cause I think anybody would have forgiven her because even though obviously she didn't get killed or hurt or even probably scared, like you can imagine how awful she must've felt. And for her instincts to have been to help the people who got hurt and like put aside some like money commitments in order to do it, I think really reflects very, very well on her as a person. And her, and her public comments were 100% um, compassionate and very much on point as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, th- and then the other thing about Ari is that that girl can sing. Holy shit. Holy shit. And she's got, and she, she's, she's, she's like the better version of Christina Aguilera or Mariah Carey, who I had mentioned earlier. Yeah. That, that, that like both of them kind of showed off a little bit to, to the detriment of their artistry, in yes. my opinion. Yep, definitely. And, and Ari doesn't do that. Ari, Ari can do what they can do and doesn't. And I think like, like something I have always said to people as, as a, as a, as an analogy is that if I could play guitar like Joe Satriani, I wouldn't. <laughs> And that is exactly how I feel about the way Ari uses her voice. Is that she she can do the Christina Aguilera thing, and she does it to show off, like when she's on Jimmy Fallon doing a joke thing. But she knows well enough but, not to do it. Yeah, on her records. Yeah, on her records, it's completely controlled, and it's like so. So the way that she, the way that she uses her amazing voice is like is so tasteful. And, and she's also, and it's also so versatile. Like that's something she has in common with, with other artists that I really love who are also pop stars like Shakira, for example, who's not on my list to talk about tonight because she's a little bit predates the thing, but where, where Ari's record is like bluesy, like fucking like pre AM radio, Melissa Etheridge shit. And then there's like reggae and hip hop and R and B and pop and she kills it all. So it's like she has this like variety of taste and interest and she's very, very, and she delivers regardless of what she's doing. So like Ariana Grande is another person who, like for, like for me at this point, Ari's of the people I'm going to name my favorite personally. Like that's the record I go back to the most. Um, and that's, and that's the thing too, is like I've, I have for a very long time been into pop music, but I acknowledge the fact that on most pop records, the singles are good and everything else is fucking garbage. Usually, yeah. But Ari made a great, but Ari made a great record that's cohesive as a record, and uh, might be like two songs too long. But other than that, um, which re- she's an incredible talent. Which record is that? It's called "Dangerous Woman." Okay, the, so the track uh, you mentioned, and this, the, yeah. The, yeah, the the singles off it were "Dangerous Woman" and and uh, "Side to Side" with Nicki Minaj, and Nicki Minaj has on that like the least valuable guest appearance rap verse in the history of the game. Uh, but, um, but Ari still kills it. So Ariana Grande is there. I'm going um, to have to check that record out now. So well done. You've already, I, you've already accomplished I your evangelical it. goal. So <laughs> that you're going to, that you're going to start listening to Ari. I, I will, ch- I will definitely check that record out for sure. She's, she's amazing. And I, and I actually, and I think that there's stuff on it that you, I don't think you'll like it as much as I do, but I think that that like certainly the title track, and I think there's probably like at least five or six songs on it that you're really going to dig. Cool. Um, so that's Ari. It is, 
Well, now I'm looking at this list and there's a few people I don't have much to say about. So let me just name them just so that it's clear that I consider them part of this golden age of pop music. Cool, cool. One person is Alessia Cara. She's new. She's Canadian. She's like 20 or something. She also, uh, she hasn't had the opportunity to make really cool choices like Miley and Beyonce have because she's just put out her first record. She's very young and new. But but her, the talent is very much there. So I think Alessia Cara is like the rookie of the year in this category. Um, then on the more like R&B-ish side, you could talk about SZA and, and Cardi B, both of whom have made records in the last year. Cardi B is this brand new that are as good as anything anybody is putting out in, in the R&B world. And both of them are SZA less so, but Cardi B definitely is also like this crossover pop R&B artist. Yeah. She's doing like... Cool, cool shit. Yeah, that's what that's what um, I was gonna say. Is that at, at least right now, um, at the moment in the zeitgeist, Cardi B is probably uh, number one. Like, um, just in the in the current moment. In, well, in maybe terms of pop maybe culture. because she, you mean you mean because she got retweeted by Bernie Sanders? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Even before that, like she, she's kind of uh, the one getting the most uh, attention out of I, I think all out of. All of these people, um, just at the moment, um, it, her record blew up big time. Yeah, yeah, and and like yeah, her and her new record is like it is as good as it's supposed to be. Um, so she's she's more in the pop like field. Um, SZA made more of like a, a like a much more like clearly R and B record, um, but she's also featured on the Black Panther soundtrack with Kendrick. So yep. I think she's reaching this new level of fame where she deserves to be in the conversation, but I don't have that much to say about her. And then the last person who I don't have that much to say about is Selena Gomez, who uh, hasn't made the same cool choices yet that Miley and Beyonce, right. and I'll talk about a couple other people have, but I think has shown, well, there's one exception to what I said, which is that she stars in Spring Breakers, this fucking yeah, 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 yeah. movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a weird-ass movie, man. <laughs> that's a weird fucking movie. It's a totally weird, uh, disturbing, yeah. fucked-up movie with her and Vanessa Hudgens, her fellow... Uh, her, well, that's what Harmony Corinne does. That's the movie yeah, she makes. Yeah, of course. And the fact that she's... James like, Franco I, with uh, I think, dreads and gold teeth. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fucked up movie, and I don't think it's great in any way. No, I'm not no, like recommending not Spring Breakers. It's not great by any but means. the fact, but the fact that Selena Gomez chose to be in it, I think, it's is a good sign. Choice. Yeah, it's an interesting choice. It's because because she because Selena Gomez is, in spite of the Justin Bieber relationship, like the one with the cleanest image, and uh, the fact that she would be in that movie and then make this, and then she had a hit single two years ago with a song called "Hands to Myself," which is about masturbating. And between Spring Breakers and Hands to Myself, I'm like, maybe Selena's she, on the She's got something, something there. Dope. Yeah. She's got something. Yeah. She's got to yeah, so Selena, explore so Selena, it. Yeah. Yeah, it so Selena. She is she what? I said it worked for Shebop. It worked for Shebop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Selena. And then, and, and then it's worth pointing out that uh, Portugal the Man had a big hit. Indie Darling's Portugal the Man had a big hit last year. I hate those guys. With... Um, I think they're pretty good, but it's neither here nor there. They had a big hit last year. Uh, it's a, it's the worst fucking band name of all time. Yes, absolutely. Because it's port, it's Portugal period capital T the man. The man. Yeah. 
It's about, I, now, now I can't remember the, Feel It Still is the name of the, their big hit single. And it straight steals from Selena Gomez hands to myself. Interesting. Like the first line of Feel It Still is, can't keep my hands to myself, which is also the first line of hands to myself. But it's not just that the lyric is the same, the melody is the exactly, exactly the same. Nice. Good job. It's, Straight steals from Selena Gomez. So I feel like if an indie darling band is stealing from your song about masturbation that you made right after this fucked up Harmony Korean movie, you got something. You're on the verge yeah, of. You got she's on the verge of coolness. She's on the verge of potential contention. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so Selena is 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 not there yet, but could be. So then another person that's worth mentioning uh, as sort of maybe in the Beyonce category is this. This person who I respect as a pop culture figure more than I like the music is Lady Gaga. Yeah, yeah. And like Gaga is the person here who's the mo- the clearest heir apparent to Madonna. Yeah, definitely. Well, I I would say um uh, intentionally um trying to ape Madonna very obviously and clearly. Well, I th- I think so too, and and I think that in terms of like uh that she. Like the way she looks and the way her shows are, and like the sort of dance music thing that turned into this other thing, um, is is very much Madonna. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and like, like come at me haters who loved her performance at the Oscars, but she also has in common with Madonna that she can't really sing. And uh, however, and there's no, and there's like uh, maybe three Lady Gaga songs that I like legitimately. I'm like I fuck with. Um, there's a lot of songs that she makes like that I think sound dated as soon as they come out. But having said that, Lady Gaga as a pop culture figure, Lady Gaga as a person who came out when she did and made herself this extremely public champion of queer people for and sure. especially young yeah, queer for people. For sure, one hundred percent. That that was happening at a time when queer teen suicide was at an epidemic rate mm-hmm. is important. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the way that she resonates uh, in that community and the way that she resonates with, with that sort of uh, message that she insists on being part of what she's doing at all times and the way she recognizes, again, like I said about Beyonce, her fame and her pedestal and uses it for the power of good uh, is very much praiseworthy. So I have a, I have a, Maybe she's actually. I brought up Andy Warhol before. That's, that's a good. Comparison yeah, that's a very good. Too, that's a very good comparison. And I, I would have a couple things to say about uh, Lady Gaga. Um, one is that uh, she's extremely intelligent. Um, extremely intelligent. Um, she went to art school. Um, she knows exactly what she's doing with all of this. Um, and also, um, my girlfriend's eight-year-old son. Um, he loves Lady Gaga. Um, that doesn't really have awesome. much to do with anything, but he <laughs> loves Lady Gaga. Um, and, well, and also she has a really great, uh, a, a part on, uh, it's okay. Um, when you're in a three way, which is a great song. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is a great song. Um, yeah. So like Gaga's cool as shit and like, I admire her. Um, I don't love her music, no, me, but no, me I think oh, the bad ro- part of bad the conversation though, I'll give her that. Bad Romance is a good song. Well, the song that... The, when you asked me for a list of songs to potentially play clips for, the one I chose was Paparazzi. I think that song's really good. Yeah, that's a good one. 
way yeah that's but a good one she's uh but so like but i'm not in love with her music i've bought several of her records and i almost never listen to them but there's like a gaga song on a lot of mixes i make that's kind of the way i feel about her yeah that makes sense but i but but i respect the shit out of her and admire her very much as a as a person who is a uh like i said using her celebrity for the power of good and i think like we're we're doing very well that the the people who are getting famous out of the recording industry are people like Beyonce and Lady Gaga. For sure, that's what I definitely. That's what I think. Absolutely, I would agree with that. And so that's Gaga. Um, then I have a few more people do you, left. Do you hear the one quick thing about Gaga's? Do you hear the similarities in um, Born This Way with uh, Madonna's "Respect Yourself"? Oh um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like yes. Well, there, yes. I mean, come on. There's nothing new under the sun. <laughs> yeah, that's what, in the same way. I hear the similarities between the Beatles and Oasis. Uh, yes, I hear the similarities. It's 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 it's. Uh, yeah, I mean, Andy, you said before that like she's very consciously ripping off Madonna. Uh, ripping off is not the right way to say it, but like homage. Uh, following in Madonna's homage. footsteps. Homage is the nice way to do it. It's definitely the career she's trying to have, and and she's just and she's just like a fucking Italian girl from yeah, Long Island. Exactly, just like and Madonna, she, just like Madonna. Yeah, yeah. With, well, Madonna's from Michigan, but well, yes, yeah, but same, yeah, yeah. same principle with a with and a big and with a like, big nose, not conventionally attractive, um, but very smart. Um, and made kind of uh, arty, somewhat pop music that uh, became very, very big. And so savvy. And also, newly, a Golden Globe nominee for her acting. So congratulations, Gaga. Good job, Lady Gaga. Um, yeah, I think, I, I think she's just, I think she's cool as shit. And, and so I think also when we're talking about like pop records, um, especially like pop stars who are massive celebrities with a huge platform... Um, it is worth also looking at that and, and that their artistic input or output is one thing, but their, their public what, persona what they use it for. Yeah. is also, is also important and, and worth parsing out. And so, uh, Gaga to me is like, um, on that, on all of all that tip, she's cool as shit. Yeah. I fucking love Lady Gaga. Yeah. Like, uh, as a, as a compare and contrast, look at what, uh, Kanye West is currently fucking doing with his, uh, platform. Yes, so. for example, yeah. for example. And so when you have people like Gaga and Beyonce, um, uh, that's that's important. It's like culturally important. Yes. It's politically yep, important. Definitely. Besides being like, um, and neither of them sucks. Do you know what I mean? It's not as no, though no, they're no, like no, some no. kind of vapid. Yeah, no. 
It's, it's not as though there's some sort of like vapid pop star who happens to be whatever. It's like that they they have the chops to back it up. I don't love their music, but that's more of a taste thing. It's not that I deny their talent, but uh, the way that they both use their fame is something I admire the shit out. Yeah, they have a huge, massive platform. They have millions and millions of fans around the world, and they're using that uh, for good, mm-hmm. which that's great. That's fantastic. And, and 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 another thing that separates them from like pop stars of of past generations is that they are doing things that they know will be controversial. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's that was true about Madonna for sure. Um, but it's like the days of not so much Michael Jackson. Yeah. No, not true of Michael Jackson, and not true of Paul McCartney. You know, um, where well in the sixties he did, but. Did he? That's a separate debate. <laughs> we, we don't have to get into Paul. You've already done that episode. But <laughs> he was the, um, he was the but, first. But he was the first uh, rock and roll musician to admit uh, in public that he had used LSD. But anyway, okay. Side okay, discussion. How brave. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a side discussion. But 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 Gaga belongs more in the category of people who are like. Kind of intentionally confrontational in yeah, order to do what they believe definitely. is right, Absolutely. which is which is somebody like Madonna, somebody like John Lennon. That's the that's the company she deserves to keep as a pop culture figure, if not as a an artist. Yeah. And so I have remaining on my list uh, people that I want very much to talk about. Uh, I will talk about the one who is of the four least interesting to me, uh, which is Taylor Swift. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Now Taylor. I say she's least interesting to me, like, as a pop culture figure, the same, like, she's sort of the anti-Gaga in this sense, of, like, as a pop culture figure, I think she's I know, very uninteresting. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> she's aggressively uninteresting, but the whole 1989 record, I fucking love. Uh, I haven't spent that much time with her new record, 
but I listened to it a few times, not very intently, and and liked it. Um, what about that? What about that? And, uh, oh, what was what was that song? The first single that ripped off "Right Said Fred." I thought that was horrible. <laughs> look what uh, you made me it do. It was look what you made me do. So I had the same relationship with "Look What You Made Me Do" that I had with "Shake It Off," which was I fucking hated it the first time I listened to it, and as I was uh, repeatedly exposed to it, I started to like it. It's engineered to do that. That's what happened. And so, but on, but I want to talk about Taylor in the context of talking about uh, somebody who's very famous for kind of innocuous, bullshit, sugary pop music, making cool choices. Because Taylor, at the time, before she made 1989, she was making these, like, not country, but she was getting played on country radio songs and living in Nashville that's uh, about, how she, like, that's, high school. That's how she got her start, right? Yeah, and she was like, yeah, it's like songs about high school. Mm -hmm. And, uh, like, uninteresting, like, disposable pop music. Yeah. And, but she got very fucking famous doing that. She was writing all of her own music and lyrics, though. That's true. She was writing all her, yes, so, okay, so she was writing all her own music and lyrics, and when she was very fucking famous and got a little bit older and was now too old to be writing songs about high school... She moved to New York and made a Lady Gaga record. That's yeah. cool as shit. Yeah. She, she didn't have to do that. She did not have to do that. In 1989, every song is great. Well, every song's not great, but every song is good. Well. At least. Uh, and. I mean, I'll stand, I'll fucking stand for Shake It Off against anybody. I don't give a shit. Fight me. I, I like, I like Shake It Off and it's probably my third or fourth favorite song on the record. Wow. Um. Like I think, I think. Haters um, gonna hate, 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 hate. <laughs> but all the, but all the singles, all the singles on that record, uh, "Shake It Off" is the most divisive one because it does have that absolute fucking garbage, like "Hey, Hey, Hey" breakdown in the middle. Yeah, that's, that is that's just, true. Nobody, no one can defend that. That is awful. It's but, a, it's just a great um, infectious pop song. Like that comes on, I challenge you to yes. not get happy when that song comes on. <laughs> Word. And then, and then the other singles off of that record are all like legitimately really, really good songs. So you're talking about uh, like Style, which is my favorite song on the record, Blank Space, Bad Blood, both the versions with and without that's, Kendrick yeah, that's are cool. Song. That's a really good song, Bad Blood. Um, so, and then, and then on the previous record, she had a couple of singles. Though, probably my favorite Taylor Swift song is I Knew You Were Trouble. And so, like, she's just making, she's taking, she's inverting in a lot of ways the persona that she got famous off of. And so, like Miley and like Beyonce, I find that very cool. Yeah. It's like this idea of, like, I'm going to go and make this, like, dancey, straight up pop, fuck country music, even though she was never really country, as any country music purist would say, but she was like, fuck the whole image. Yeah. I'm just going to go to New York and make a pop, like a pop dance pop record. And I think that that choice was very artistically cool. And it was huge too. So it worked. Um, and, uh, it was huge. And as you know, I am like, uh, a, a massive fan in spite of all the reasons not to be of Ryan Adams. And when he put out his track by track cover album, it's of great. It's great. I like it a lot. And I would assert the following. There's not a single track on Ryan Adams' version that is better than the original. I would agree with that. It's great, but it's it's not as good. 
Um, and I, I'm, so I'm, I'm, I'm also Adams I'm is not also, as good as Taylor I mean, Swift. You know, this this isn't necessarily Jimi Hendrix covering Bob Dylan here, so. Oh, <laughs> that's the wrong crowd to make that comment because I also love Ryan uh, Adams. So I know you don't, but we, <laughs> I love Ryan Adams and Tay Tay. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but but I think it's I think it's clear. Like this is a point point you don't have to adjust for park factors. It's both of them doing the same fucking songs, and she's better. Yeah, her album was better. That's true. Although, although, so, although we, we, I definitely would take Taylor Swift over Ryan Adams if that's the if that's the two bands. All right, put that put that like quote that shit. Although we could we yeah, could say this is. this is not to put. I saw Taylor. I saw Taylor live. She put on an entertaining show. To put to put that uh, also though in the uh, in the baseball statistics uh, context, um, that's not exactly peak era Ryan Adams. <laughs> it's not exactly heartbreaker no. uh, or a goal. No, here, but but. but yeah. But hold on, but let's not, let's not skip past the thing that just happened, which is that I, I, I thought I was going to come on the show and get some resistance from Andy Samford on how much I like people like Taylor Swift. And he just said, I saw Taylor in concert and she put on an entertainment show. He's been, def- he's been, uh, singing the praises of Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, as challenging as I would get would be our discussion over Beyonce, you know? That's that's my issues. We address them. So I well, <laughs> well, and but you, but you, would you say that you like Tay Tay? Her songs are catchy, and I don't, I don't necessarily. But hate you can't it. bring yourself. But you mind. can't bring yourself to say that you like her. But you do. I, no, I enjoyed her yeah, show. I, I, yeah, yeah, I like her. Sure, I like yeah, her. I'll admit see, it. Yeah. You're still, you're fucking hedging. See, gotta, you're gotta, still hedging. Well, but, yep. but see, I gotta be yep. because my my daughter doesn't like stuff if I like it, and she likes Taylor Swift, and I don't want to spoil that for her. Is she gonna ah, listen to this I podcast, see. Andy? Come on. <laughs> yeah, she, uh, she is she a regular listener? So you you that's like your daughter's benefit. Your daughter's benefit your hedging, but any fair-minded listener will know from this conversation yeah, that Andy yeah, Sanford is a Taylor Swift. And, and, and I mean, not not to uh, not to betray our uh, private, uh, argue our, our private uh, conversations that we have on on Facebook in show prep, but I'm just gonna do it, just exactly that. Um, I. <laughs> I sent him. Uh, I don't remember what I said. So I sent him a clip of uh, Miley Cyrus's "Party in the USA." Oh, this is yeah. I'll st- no. I stand behind this. I'll stand behind this. Okay, okay, but but you, you can try to stand behind this because it was an acoustic, like backyard kind of edition of that song, and I sent it to you. All I, I saw sent was the you song. The link. All I saw was the song title. All I saw was the song title. Okay, I, so I, did I make sent assumptions. you the link. I did make assumptions. I sent you the link, and you were like. Uh, this is terrible. Why the fuck are you sending me this? I don't like this. I hate all this. I Why was, would you send me this? All I do is look this? at the song title. And I said, yes. dude, it's all gr- I do it's is a, look at the song title. It's a great pop song. It's not any you different. You never mentioned that it was an alternate version that I should get, reconsider. But nevertheless, nevertheless, I said. All I saw was Party in the USA, and I'm like, I'm not listening to this song by choice, ever. Let me finish my sentence. Yep. I said, <laughs> nevertheless, it's it's pop music. It's a great pop song. That's not any different than Michael Jackson, right? And you were like, "Okay, yeah, I can see that. I can see that." But Michael Jackson, I don't. Way, way more I'm like as I'm like as big a Miley fan as you're going to meet, and I think that song sucks. So well done. Yeah, but sorry, but we, but <laughs> I think I think we've accomplished something very important, which is that we have now unearthed the previously un the previously unknown fact that Andy Sanford 
is a secret admirer of Taylor that Swift. Is, that is I've huge. Said nice things. That is huge. I have, I've said nice things about Taylor Swift uh, in public forums in the past. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Tay-Tay. She's not at all interesting as a pop culture figure. Or as but, a person uh, the at musical, all. At all. No, but the, mu- but the musical choices she makes are consistently very fucking yeah, cool. I would agree with that. In total. So I'm into Taylor. And, like, the 1989 think, record is just that, top to bottom good. Do you think that any part of Taylor Swift's initial appeal was her uh, resemblance to, um, oh, damn, now I can't think of her. Oh, Tracy Lords. <laughs> um, maybe. Maybe, but only to people. I think that the overlap of people who love Taylor Swift and know who Tracy Lords is is pretty small. Yeah, I would, uh, I would imagine so. Probably, you're probably right. But I'm just saying the same, like, subconscious kind of thing. Yeah, it could be. It could be. That's conceivable. I I would want to underline the point, though, that Taylor Swift as a person, as a pop culture figure, uh, like her love life, um, whether she's weighed in on American politics enough, like I find all of that just unbelievably boring. Well, but she's not interesting. it's not at all fair to blame Taylor for that. No, no, Taylor no. Gets, that's just that's just modern. No, day to me that to me that's popular. unbelievably stupid that people are like, oh, Taylor Swift hasn't spoken out about Donald Trump, and uh, well, I, <laughs> lots of lots yeah, of like artists that. haven't spoken out about it. Um, I, I don't want to hear what she has to say about it. No, I don't. Care. I don't care what yeah. she has to say about it. I don't care. Yeah. Either we heard way. what we heard what Shania had to say, and how did that go? Yeah, that went great. We heard. I don't we, care what Bono has to say about it. I we, don't care what. We heard what fucking Kanye had to, has say. to say. How did that it? go? I don't. I don't care what Kanye has to say about it. <laughs> well, that's yeah. That's fair enough. But the, none of that's Tay Tay's fault. She is very boring uh, in general, and certainly in the way she presents herself in public. But the like the obsession with her relationships and her yeah, that's that's the uh, press's celebrity. Fault. That's the press's fault. That's not her fault. It, is the press's fault. And that is a very nice segue into Amy Winehouse. Indeed. Perfect. So, Amy is, uh, as you know, very much beloved to me. Indeed. Um, me as well. I think, I think, um, Back to Black is one of the ten best records of the decade. Yeah, it's great. She was great. a singular, singular talent, um, who was, so unfairly maligned by not just like paparazzi and pop music press, but by the people who consume that. Mm-hmm. And Amy Winehouse, I don't think it's a stretch to say, and you played the song that I wrote about this after, right, like right after she died earlier on the show. I don't think it's unreasonable or like saying too much to say Amy Winehouse got killed by that shit. Yeah, I would agree. I would 100% agree with that. Sure, and just just the extent like to which the, just like Kurt Cobain did, only yeah. only more this, so in her case. And this was sort of and and so there was a there was a prevailing. Now it's being reversed a little bit by history, thank thankfully, because it's been now uh, whatever it's, it's been, been a good 11, decade, like seven yeah. years, seven, seven seven years since she died. But but she. Now her she, her image has been rehabilitated in the public imagination a lot, but at the time that she died, there were people who were like kind of celebrating Indeed. it, and people people yeah. who were snarky about it and and who clearly it. didn't know anything, 
didn't know anything about her except for that, like, she appeared in Us Weekly as this junkie. Yeah, she was a crackhead. And, yeah. And it, it, it's worth saying that people who are understood to be great artists, if, if TMZ had existed when Janis Joplin was alive. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Yeah, damn. When Billie, That's a great when point. Billie Holiday That's a very was alive. Great point. That we would have seen them as like dumb crackhead bitches, or even even or now even Jimi Hendrix, right? And so, or maybe yeah, yeah. If so, maybe we wouldn't have, but um, the public at large, because because but the public at the time, the the contemporaneous public would have seen them that way. And I think it's worth saying, and 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 one reason that I use as the examples Janis Joplin, Billie Holiday, instead of Jimi Hendrix and Jim Morrison is because they were women. Clear. It's clear that a lot of the feelings about Amy Winehouse were I- I- explicitly misogynist. Yeah, absolutely. In in fact, uh, um, oh, what was the band? I really like them. Uh, uh, their first album was called Up the Bracket. Um, and the lead singer and guitarist, he was a, a total crackhead. I'm, I could look it up, but um, I'm not going to. Um, but Libertines? Yeah, the Libertines. Yeah, um, he was, yeah. he was living, he was living with Amy Winehouse. They were both, yeah, Pete, D- Pete Doherty. Pete Doherty, yes. Yeah. They were, he, yeah. they were living together. They were both doing crack and heroin together. They were both fucking junkies. They were both stars, um, in the United Kingdom and the press focused only on Amy Winehouse. So there you go. There you go. Yeah, there's a level. There's a level. I'd say, of that, I'd say it was mainstream press because, like, the music press definitely was all over that Pete Doherty's dude shit too. Yeah, but but the mainstream yeah. press, like the, the Sun, right. the Sun right. would put Amy Winehouse right, right. on the front page. Yeah, Pete Doherty was never in Us Weekly. Yeah, and 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 if if he was, it was because he was dating Kate Moss, so it was right. still right. about a while. Right. Right. Yeah. Footnote. Yeah. And and so like yeah the the there's a clear sexism in the way that like Amy Winehouse's self-destructiveness was not treated fairly or not taken seriously and then I don't know if either of you have seen the documentary that was made about her but I, I really couldn't want recommend to, it more I, yeah I I couldn't recommend it more cuz one of the things that I think we all knew but that that documentary makes like uncomfortably clear and it really kind of puts in your face is that she like the extent to which she was exploited by the people closest to her and, and especially her record label, obviously, but also her, her husband and her father. And so, the, so to me, the story of Amy Winehouse is the story of this once in a generation talent who was never given the help she needed because her self-destructiveness was part of her image right. and people made money off it. Yep, absolutely. And she was amazing. She and was so, so good. She was so good. She was so good. And and the, the fact that she would do, like, when she was trying to do comebacks, you know, she would do a show. There's a show that is in the documentary from a perspective I hadn't seen before. Because I remember when, the, I remember when the, the gig happened. And uh, she's wasted. And, like, can't sing. And she lost her and, voice, like, yeah. Like, yeah. And, like, sits down yeah. on the fucking, uh, uh, like, on, on one of the amps or one of the monitors at one stage. Just, like, can't do it. Physically can't do it. Yeah. And I remember when that happened, and I remember the way that the TMZs of the world were, like, abusing her about it and, like, making fun of her. And it was like, Amy Winehouse, oh, of course, Amy Winehouse is too fucked up to do this show. In the documentary, they show everything that led up to it and the show itself uh, at length. And what you can see is that Amy was in rehab at the time, didn't want to do the show, but 
like people who worked with her made her allegedly do it. for yeah. her made her do it because it was like a few million bucks because it was a few million bucks and so she was put in this incredibly unhealthy position and that and that is a metaphor for what her whole career was she yeah. was consistently yeah. made to be unhealthy because men were making money off it and that is that is like so the level of tragedy in in her death and it is it, which is not to say that she wouldn't have died anyway it's not to say that her demons weren't were like fixable they may not have been but it is to say that she that not only that her self-destructiveness was part of her image and that that was exploited. Absolutely. And so she was just like, she was not looked after the way a human being should be. Yeah. And, and that's, that's tragic no matter who the fuck she is, but it's extra tragic to all of us. Cause she was such because, a great talent. Yeah. And there's only one, um, there's two Amy Winehouse records, but the first one to me doesn't count. There's only one real Amy Winehouse record and we all lost out because of that. Yeah. And if, um, not to embarrass you, but, um, your, your song about it that we played a clip from, that is incredibly, um, beautiful and sad and poignant and I fucking love it. Thank you. So, um, thank anyway, you. That doesn't you. embarrass me. When you, when you were, when you were reviewing Andy's record, I thought I would like to hear a track by track review of my records where you tell me how great every song is. <laughs> well, I, I do, I do, <laughs> I do legitimately love that record. I legitimately love that record. Um, I paid him to do that. <laughs> no, I no, I, that, I mean that, your record. I I legitimately love that one. Um, well, there was a, there was a friend of see, mine. He's telling you now. He legitimately loves your album. He's just talking good shit about mine because I paid him to do that. Because you paid him to do it. Yeah, and he has to save face for the podcast. I get that. Indeed, he, right. he 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 paid me twenty five cents uh, via PayPal. Uh-huh. Dude, that's you're gonna want that, you know, in Absolutely. this economy. Hi. I know, I need it. Uh, I don't have health but, insurance, man. I need that quarter. But yeah, you, you're, gonna, you're gonna be happy you had it. It's gonna, and, and you really didn't have to do that much to get it. It's um, but uh, yeah, but about about Amy and about like, I there's a, a friend of mine who's a, a fellow songwriter who. He told me, there's one line in my song, not to like make this about me, but there's one line in my song that says there, there was never money in her getting clean. That's true. And, and he said, you know, like he watched the documentary and that while the documentary was going on, that he didn't, he had never realized how true that was. And that's very largely what the documentary is about. And it's about like using her fucking, her demons and uh, to sell the National Enquirer is evil. Yeah, because and that controversy, so that controversy that gets you in the Sun, that gets you in the Daily Mail, that gets you in the National Enquirer, that gets you in Us Weekly. Yeah, yeah. But why? Why should? Why should somebody's fucking drug addiction and somebody's self destructiveness be a controversy? It shouldn't. It, of it, course not. It, sh- it, sh- it shouldn't. And 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 Amy Winehouse was. And so, as a result, also of her public image. Uh, her music wasn't respected the way it should have been while she was alive. Also, one hundred percent correct. Because Back to Black is a fucking great record. It is. Every track is great. It is. You talk about somebody who wrote her own shit. She wrote her own shit. And, and the pipes and the yeah. soul. Goddamn. All I can ever be to you is the darkness that we know and this regret I got accustomed to. Once it was the ride when we were at our high. Waiting for you in the hotel at night. 
I knew I had him at my match, but every moment we get snatched, I don't know why I got so attached. It's my responsibility, and you don't own nothing to me, but to walk away, I have no capacity. He walks away, the sun goes down, he takes the day. And just the, and the desire, yeah. like it's the Dap Kings or the band on that record. The desire she had to make that fucking record. If you listen to her first record, which is what the record label wanted, which is very much this like blue eyed acoustic soul. It's not very good. There's hints of talent. Like you'd see that she's good, but the songs aren't great and the production is very lame. Yeah. And then that she goes on to make Back to Black and make this like with the Dap Kings as the band and this like old fucking like Bond soundtrack soul record, this like fucking dusty Springfield thing. Mm-hmm. And Jack White got shit for saying this, but it's fucking true. Adele rode those coattails. True. True, true, true. I was about true, to say, Adele has not, uh, never done anything that could touch any, you know, Amy Winehouse at her best. Uh, so. uh, although you did, uh, you did tell me, uh, if you get to, uh, talking about Adele, that I should, uh, that I've gone too far. It's gone too far. It's gone too far. Although, uh, so, although I yeah. like Adele, uh, I should say. But, I, I, I like Adele too, but I love. I respect that she has vocal ability, but I don't need to hear Adele. I do. I do like the James Bond. That's song. fair enough. Yeah, that's very. That's very fair enough. Yeah. So, uh, so Amy to me is like in the context of this discussion of this golden age of of women in pop. Amy was uh, sort of like that's where it starts to me. I would chronologically. Yeah, I would agree. And and she yeah she was a singular talent and 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 happily. History seems to be remembering her much more for her Definitely. talent than for her self destruction. And only will uh, more so as time goes along. Um, and, and and she'll be considered. I think over time she will be considered a legend in yeah, the same way James Jackson yeah, Holiday is, and she and she deserves. Yeah, to be. give it. Get, she should. She should be in that. Conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Give it twenty, thirty years. She'll be Billie Holiday. She'll be Janis Joplin. Yep. Yeah, she'll be right mm-hmm. there in that pantheon. I I one hundred percent agree with that. And she, and she deserves it. Yeah. Um, yeah. she was a, she was an amazing talent. Yeah. All right. I have two left. I have two left and I'm also conscious of how long this episode is. So I'm going to run through I'm them. absolutely going to break it into two. Um, maybe even three, okay. depending on how long this goes. So no worries. <laughs> well, no worries. it shouldn't go that, it shouldn't I mean, go that much longer. Okay. Yeah. 
But but okay. So the first the first one is Janelle Monet. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> Janelle Monet. Damn. Like Dirty Computer is. I think that you. So you you fucked up a little bit in my opinion by assigning Andy Grizzly Bear for this episode when you should have assigned him Dirty Computer. I'm assuming you haven't heard it, Andy. Sanford. I have not. I have not. But heard it, it. it just came out. And what I have to say about Dirty Computer is like, okay, so it's I have all the tracks that came. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. But I, I listened to all the tracks that came out uh, as like the, the promos. As they were coming out? Yeah, so like Make Me Feel and Pink and, uh, uh, oh, Jesus, Django Jane. These are the tracks that were released as like like like, pro- like promos for the record. And I love them all, but they all, had, they all sounded like what I think Janelle Monae sounds like, which is dope. And it's like very much this like... A weirdo sort of uh-huh. like yep. sci-fi yeah, yeah, approach yeah. to Prince. Well, her, and it's like funk. Her first album was like, I... her first album was called The Arch Android. So I mean, to give you a little bit of a... yeah, her first her her first two albums are are both they both take place in that same universe. Yeah, They're and sci-fi concepts and the electric R and B records and the electric lady. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And why so, don't we so, why don't we push Grizzly Bear back a week and because uh, I've never okay, even yeah, heard of cool, this person cool. Before yeah, 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 yeah. I'm 100 percent on board with that. Yeah, All right, we'll do that. Yeah, let's just All right, do so, that. So, Dirty Computer, Dirty Computer is the name of the record, and I had the sense that it was like it was in the lane. I thought they were dope, but I was like, this is in the lane of what I think Janelle Monae is. And then the record comes out. She and the leveled song, fucking up. <laughs> the first song is featuring Brian Wilson. Yep. I see. I'm already interested. Yep. It's the first song. It's it's like it's a straight up fucking Brian Wilson song, and it's like like Janelle and Brian Wilson. He's singing harmonies, and I'm sure he had a hand in writing and producing it because it sounds like him. And then it gets into this like Prince ass shit. Like Make Me Feel was the first single, and people were like, "This kind of sounds like Prince." And then Janelle was like, "Well, yes, that's because Prince helped me write it before he died." It's <laughs> <laughs> <was> like, <laughs> was like so she's like so she's like. She's working with Brian Wilson, Prince, Stevie Wonder's on the record. She's, like, paying homage to her idols, but standing side by side with them. Like, the record is so fucking good. And Janelle Monet, and also, by the way, also, worth saying, starred in two Oscar-nominated movies in the same year. Yep. yep. Which, were, which, were, which were Hidden Figures and Moonlight. And is a fucking great actor, it turns out. And, mm-hmm. and like, so what Janelle Monet, Janelle Monet is, like... <laughs> Janelle Monet is just so She's fucking the cool. She's the shit. Yeah. <laughs> and... And and she has been cool for a long time. Big boy discovered her, uh, and is she like the, would you would, would we say she's the female childish Gambino? She yeah, that's a very good comparison. That's a very good comparison. Yeah, I'm a is, massive I mean, fan of I'm a, a massive comparison. fan of Donald Glover. Yeah, and that's a good because she can do anything and she can do all of it well. Yeah, all right. Yeah, and and she, and and like and like Donald Glover, she has this like approach of just like I, you're not going to limit me as an artist. Yeah, I'm going to do what I want to do whatever I want to do. Um, and you're going to either accept it or not accept it. And I don't give a fuck. And even just in the last week, um, she gave an interview where, uh, she kind of said like, um, like people thought I was a lesbian. Um, and, but I've slept with guys. And then eventually I figured out that I'm a pansexual. Like yeah, but when she w- the best, the, to me, the best part of that interview was when she explained what she thought that meant and described her sexuality as I'm a free ass motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Janelle, Janelle Monet, Janelle makes the record she wants. She stars in the movies she wants. She fucks who she wants. She does Janelle what Monet she wants. Is like yep. the, yep. she, she does what she wants. Janelle Monet is the like epitome of this like 
female empowered thing that I've been talking about this whole time. And this yeah. like specifically, this is about women and, and it's radical in that way of this like assertion of like, I am a woman who do, who does what I want. You cannot police me. She's no, she's, yeah, she's so dope. Yeah. And yeah, dirty computer. And the record is like, and just, and it doesn't, I made some, some distinctions with Beyonce and, and Lady Gaga between who I, how much I like them as pop culture figures versus how much I don't really love their music. But this record is, this record is fucking great. Yeah. It's great. So good. Yeah. It's amazing. It's so good. Make, yeah. Yeah. So Janelle Monae is like (laughs) the shit. It, 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 I mean, we're still early, but I, I would say so far it's, uh, my number one album of the year. Easily. Easily. Baby, don't make me spell it out for you. All of the feelings that I got for you. Can't be explained, but I can try for you. Yeah, baby, don't make me spell it out for you. You keep on asking me the same questions. And second guessing all my intentions. Should know by the way I use my compression. That you got the answers to my confessions. It's like I'm powerful with a little bit of tender. And emotional sexual bender. for cardi b don't you because she just put that record out yeah and then, it was great and then janelle put it then janelle was like uh yeah yeah janelle uh raised how about the, how about the this one yeah <laughs> mm. yeah she's fucking amazing um yeah i'm a massive fan of janelle Monet. and then the last person uh to talk about is rihanna that's your number one right now that yeah yeah, and I think I think it's like it goes back and forth. It's like 
right now, Janelle Monae is my number one because Dirty Computer is blowing my mind. But um, Rihanna is your long-standing number one. But Rihanna is my long-standing. I've been a fan of Rihanna since she appeared on the scene. And she's only gotten cooler. And uh, so one of the things is, like, Rihanna is um, extremely talented and, like, underrated uh, as a singer. Um, but also something that's that's very cool about Rihanna uh, recently on the last couple records, and especially Anti, and Anti is one of the best records of last year. Um, uh, like, I highly, highly recommend listening to the whole thing if you haven't. And one thing that's very cool about Rihanna on Anti and on the record before that is that she's from Barbados, right? And so kind of famously, she was singing at like a hotel or something in Barbados, and Jay-Z went there on vacation, saw her, and signed her. And that's the origin story of Rihanna Superstar. Um, and she got, probably because of the Jay-Z connection, when she became when she first became famous, there was this idea of she's like kind of a, a second-rate Beyonce. Um, and, uh, and the music that she was doing at first lived up to that, or lived down to it. Um, but... One thing that's been very cool on the last two records, talking about her as a pop culture figure, is she is leaning the fuck in on her West Indianness, and she's singing in patois. And like, like work was a huge single, uh, a massive hit. Unfortunately, with a shitty Drake part that almost ruins it. But the whole hook of work is in is sung in patois. Yeah. And like people make jokes about how they don't understand what she's saying, but like you're of not supposed to because you're yeah. not. Fucking from the Caribbean, <laughs> and 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 like "Man Down" is another song that is like leaning in on her Caribbeanness in a way that I think is so fucking cool. singing in fucking patois fuck you uh and they're gonna be pop hits because i'm rihanna and i think that's so cool and i think that like like what she's doing 
musically is very fucking cool. Like I said, Man Down and Work, which were singles, and like Bitch Better Have My Money is such a cool fucking song. And you brought up Lady Gaga's performance on the Lonely Island, but Rihanna's fucking yeah. Shyrani songs yeah. are amazing. Yeah. yeah, she's 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 so much the real deal as a talent. Like, yeah. So I, when you first uh, were talking about doing this podcast, uh, and I I had said, and I think that was probably the impetus it was. originally it was. of me getting asked to do this yes. that I would rank her over, I would rank her ahead of Beyonce. And you made the point at the time that. Uh, like maybe she, maybe her music's better, but as a pop culture figure, she doesn't reach Beyonce. That's true, but her music is better, and her music is a lot better. And it's like so to me, Rihanna is like, and Rihanna also is like doing like I hate trap as a thing. I hate it. It makes me feel old. The rappers sing now. Uh, I fucking hate it. I hate Drake. I hate oh, Fetty Wap. I fucking I hate, hate fucking thing. Finally, someone says it because I <laughs> fucking hate Drake. I hate Drake. Yeah, he sucks. He, he sucks. sucks. So much. It's it's like and it's yet, it's emo and singing hip hop. Yeah, trap. It's it's this I, awful uh, thing, and it's just like these stupid rhyming couplets. Like he took the worst parts of Kanye and added them to the worst parts of EDM. I fucking yeah, hate it. It's terrible. And yes, it's terrible. And oh, it's yet, like that crap we listened to a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Drake Drake belongs on the uh, bad music appreciation <laughs> podcast. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, although although yeah, Drake. I, I have whatever. There are Drake songs I like. Yeah, there's I hate there's some the genre there's some here and there. But I hate overall. I hate the genre. I hate the concept. And yet, every time Rihanna shows up on one of them shits, I'm like, "What's up? The song's pretty good." Yeah. Like, like Rihanna. Like, even Drake being on work doesn't make me hate work. That's how good it is. Yeah. I think. Uh, I think. Uh, I, I, think uh, <laughs> I understand. I understand why you like Rihanna so much because her music is is really good and really cool. Um, and. Uh, as you said, like socially, politically and minded. She's so cool. And yeah, and she combines that other part of it that um she's very out there, very upfront, like mm-hmm. with who she is, um, in the public eye, um, she doesn't give a fuck. Like what you think about her. She she is who she is, she's gonna be who she is, and she doesn't care. Um Yeah, and, and so there's there's a relationship here to the Amy Winehouse conversation. Which is that the thing that people think about very often, people who are not like hip to current music, the thing people talk about about Rihanna all the time is Chris Brown. Yeah. Yeah. And we've seen this shit before. And we have seen this shit she before was with the Whitney Houston. There. We have seen yeah. this shit before with Whitney Houston. We saw this shit before with Tina Turner. Mm-hmm. We see the mm-hmm. way that when black women in pop music get beat up by black men in pop music, that the conversation quickly turns to what she did to deserve it and how could she ever take him back and right. policing her right. fucking right. reaction to being having the shit beat out of her by her boyfriend. And so, especially in that context, that that is something that she has to put up with all the time, that she's still so like, fuck you, I'm Rihanna. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And that means, and that, and that, what that brings me to sort of my conclusion about, uh, about the, so first of all, it's just like I I love pop music, and it is the case. It has been the case for almost a decade now that, with the exception of like Justin Timberlake and Bruno Mars, all the best pop music is being made by women. Yeah, but I would definitely agree with that. 
Absolutely. But the more important piece, the more important piece here is that, to varying degrees, everybody I've named is asserting women's autonomy mm-hmm. and women's mm-hmm. power, and uh, in, in a way that is that is culturally really important. Yeah, definitely. And that 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 young girls have all of these women as role models matters for the next generation so we talk all the time about representation and it could be like whoever you fucking want it to be you know what i mean like it, it like some some girls are going to relate to rihanna and some are going to relate to beyonce and some are going to relate to ariana and some are going to relate to fucking miley but the 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 reality is there's like all these demonstrations of female artistry which is as we all know been consistently dismissed in the history of pop music certainly and female talent and female like earning power and and like i said uh, the the autonomy of women to be able to do what they want and to varying degrees everybody i've named like embodies this like confrontation mm-hmm. with misogynistic assumptions about who gets to be a pop star and if you are a pop star who gets to be you know what i mean clive yeah, davis definitely. is not hanging over the shoulders of any of these no people. no and it, like uh, you brought this up in the in the concept of uh, Miley Cyrus um, and uh, Sinead O'Connor's open letter that she wrote to her about, uh, oh, uh, if you uh, appear naked in your video, um, then you're just like, uh, people are just going to think of you uh, in terms of your, your body and your sexuality. When um, obviously that's Miley Cyrus knew that um, like she, mm-hmm. she knew exactly what she was doing with that. She was using that, to her advantage, um, that was a, a very conscious marketing strategy. Like, uh, and it kind of in infantilizes uh, Miley Cyrus to say um, that, uh, oh, that, that's a fool's errand or whatever, and people won't take you seriously. Um, so that's yep. that's one point. And the the next one would be that um, most of, not exclusively, obviously, but most of. Um, those artists that you brought up are not only women um, and strong women at that, uh, which all of them were, um, but most of them were women of color, um, yeah. which I think is also a, a very important uh, development that should not be uh, easily dismissed. I think that's absolutely right. And and um, I, I briefly named, although she wasn't on my list because I think she predates the golden age a little bit, but Shakira, who I'm also a huge fan of, yeah. who also is in this conversation. And, and, and the, the way that they, the way that all of them, again, to varying degrees, are like actively combating sexist assumptions about women as a thing, but also about women in pop music and women as celebrities and women in pop culture uh, is, it's really fucking powerful, mm-hmm. and, and and so so to me, like the golden age of women in pop music is it like shouldn't be overlooked. It's not a coincidence, I don't think, that everybody except for Justin Timberlake and Bruno Mars, who's making great pop music, are women. I think that that it has to do with the time we're in, yeah, and uh, and that that all of them that I named are not willing to 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 be sold by a record company in a way that they don't personally agree with yeah they're, you know we're not they're so gonna far sell removed. themselves we're not so far removed from the period i was talking about before with britney and christina mm-hmm. and mandy moore and jessica simpson and mm-hmm. pink and these women who were like were actively forced to submerge their identity in order to sell a thing yeah i mean look at uh, and, um the 
go sometimes, anybody, not you, because I know you're aware of this, Ryan, and I'm sure you are as well, Andy. Um, go look sometime, dear listener, at the video for Britney Spears' Oops, I Did It Again. Because that is fucking... Ah. Yeah, where, like, like Pink's <sighs> first single was about how her record label wanted her to be a sex symbol, but she didn't see herself that way. Yeah. You know, so it's like, but, but in a way, they're selling that instead, <laughs> you know? And so there's, there's that generation, and, and probably because it's just, like, the way it overlaps in my life, it's very acute to me that that generation of pop stars, of, of female pop stars, was while I was in high school. And then the next generation of female pop stars, who are all the people I'm talking about tonight, have so inverted that narrative. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And uh, and I think that that's so fucking important, and uh, and and so like pop culture representation matters, and what the way that women are presenting themselves as celebrities matters, and so the golden age of pop music being made by women, one hopes will have a lasting effect on the way we see women as artists. Period, because women artists in every field. Absolutely. Have consistently Absolutely. been discredited. Absolutely. Have consistently been discredited. Yep. And now you have this whole generation of women artists in pop music, which is a relatively innocuous thing, asserting themselves so so aggressively and and making no fucking apologies for who they are and really And they're fucking huge. That, and they're huge. And and by by doing a thing that, that male pop stars from Mick Jagger to David Bowie to Michael Jackson and Prince have always been able to do without it being questioned. Uh-huh. Uh, now it's a bunch of women doing that. Yeah. And being like, I, I make the fucking record I want. And uh, I think that that matters a lot. Definitely. And so, so to me, there's a, there's a cultural importance to the fact that all these women are, are like creating some of the greatest pop music that's ever been made and, um, and using very consistently their platform to assert a form of feminism that I think uh, that I that, that I think matters a lot. Again, I'll use that word. That I think matters a lot. And 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 so I think it might not be too much to say that this generation of pop stars is going to have going to have had a really important effect on on future generations and and the way that uh, it's mainstreaming feminism in a way that I think. It's worth noticing and worth celebrating. I think that's uh, actually completely 100% correct. And uh, it's not, um, it, it kind of seems contradictory, of course, because uh, um, as all of us are aware of, um, unfortunately, um, in 2016, um, we had the first female major party nominee for president, um, who was a, a woman. And, of course, Hillary Clinton lost to basically the, like, worst caricature that you could ever draw of, like, the uh, ugly, sexist male, um, which is Donald Trump. Somebody just go outside? I don't know. (laughs) Okay. I just heard a a loud door opening. So, yeah. So, Hillary Clinton lost to basically like an orange rage male testosterone monster, which kind of seemed like a a defeat for feminism. But what's happened since then is basically women have rose up um, and are asserting themselves in a way that they never really actually have. 
um, before, I don't think, ever in the body politic. And that's kind of coinciding with this uh, last couple of years of uh, the golden age of uh, female pop music. Well, yeah, one, one way I would, I would just uh, change what you said a little bit is to say that I think that women have inserted themselves into politics for a long, long time. Um, I think that we are at a, what I think what is new now is that they are being listened to. Yes, uh, definitely. And, yeah. and that's, that's some, that's something that like the Me Too movement is obviously like the easiest example to use of that. But, but it's, um, it is the case, I think, that when people are, when they're consuming, but you know, we talked about like why I think Hootie and the Bullfish is like more insidious than they sound like they would be. Um, it is the case that when like the regular feed you're getting from pop culture is constant, constant, constant female empowerment, that that will have an effect on the culture at large. And so I think it matters very much. And uh, like I said, contra Whitney Houston and, and Alicia Keys and uh, Janice Joplin, there is no Clive Davis here. Yeah. There is no Ike Turner. No, no. There is just, there is just women on their fucking merit yeah, be- becoming megastars. Beyonce is the CAO of Beyonce Incorporated. Taylor Swift is Chris- the uh, CEO of Taylor Swift Incorporated. Yep. Chris Brown, yep. Brown kind of has some Ike Turner vibes. <laughs> in the sense that he beats women, yeah, yeah. to say the least. Yeah, to say the least. Like, yeah, Chris Chris Brown can't hold a candle to Ike Turner as an artist, but that doesn't mean anything about Ike Turner. But he, as a piece of he, shit human he being. can compete uh, with him in the beating women up uh, uh, category. Mm-hmm. Um, one yeah. artist that you you didn't mention, and I, I know you're a fan of, uh, and I, I guess maybe she's not a, a, a pop star, um, is uh, Maya. Maya, the MIA. Maya, oh yeah, MIA is yeah. She's probably a pop star. Yeah, MIA has become fucked up in some ways. Uh, yeah, she's, yes, she's I am no good. She's no good anymore. But <laughs> I, yeah, like yeah, there was the, there was definitely a switch. Yeah, MIA is MIA is, but MIA is sort of a precursor to the thing. I mean, she's she's reasonable to bring up here, where she's like. Uh, she was also doing this very unapologetic. Absolutely. Well, but yeah. she was she she was kind of apologetic. So when we talk about the difference between like then and now, there was there's a song on uh, her second record called "World Town," mm-hmm. and it and it has uh, the lyric the, the the hook is "Hands up, guns yeah. out, represent the world yeah. town." Yeah. And I remember an interview with her that was done in like in Rolling Stone, I think, at the time, where she was asked about it and like are you advocating violence and that's what she said was no i meant guns out like get them out oh bullshit come on no you did it no you did it that song is advocating violence and that's what's cool about it i mean i mean the whole the whole hook (laughs) of her biggest song was uh the sound of a cast register and then uh uh yeah all i want to yeah. do is bang 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 and gonna take your take money. money all i want to do yeah. that, was yeah, only so. a, that was only about killing one specific cashier <laughs> <laughs> that's all like mia is like of course our music was advocating violence yeah of course it yeah was. and it was it, and well it was, to be fair to be fair <laughs> though to be fair to her she did start out at a very, very extreme position. So when she moderated it, 
She was moderating it well, yeah, her, in a very extreme position. Her her dad was a Tamil yeah, tiger. Yeah, I know. That's uh, what I'm saying. So, so like, she, she couldn't get a visa to the United States uh-huh. for one tour she was uh-huh. going to do because her dad was, according to the State Department, a terrorist. Yeah, she was on but, the terrorist but I think that, like, watch list. Yeah. But what made, the, especially that second record, so fucking cool was that it was advocating violence, but in this very, like, third-worldist mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep. way. Yep. And it was, like, it was really, like, taking from a lot of social movements that are occurring in the global south yes. and, and she was yeah. like bringing that to life in a way that was so fucking dope but the fact that she had to back off that in public is different than what it is now rihanna doesn't have to back off true it. true true that is correct and because uh, rihanna does that same shit sometimes and she doesn't have to back off it the way mia used to and so that is still like so MIA was a precursor to the thing, and I don't necessarily blame her for the fact that she backed off it in that interview with Rolling Stone. I think she was probably told, if anybody asks you about this, this is what you have to say. And uh, as much as she was, like, her own person, uh, she also, whatever, there was, it was a different time in terms of the expectation that a record label could could control you in that way. And maybe this is one of the things that's good about the death of the record industry as we used to know it. Is that you don't have the um, handlers anymore? Yeah, right. Is that you don't? Is that the artists are are more important than the labels? And that didn't used to be true. Yeah, the artists are way more important than the labels now. Like, what what's a label gonna fucking do for you in the, in this day and age? It is yeah. it is funny seeing their like their last gasps attempts at like the manufactured like uh, a good one uh, Greta Van Fleet like really bad attempt at you know. Trying to trying to recapture that past record company glory. Yeah, there there are a number of of pop stars who probably fit the narrow category of like massive superstars of recent vintage who are women, uh, who I did not include. Like probably <laughs> like any any like real eagle eared listener would have said, "Why aren't you talking about Katy Perry?" And the answer is because Katy Perry fucking sucks. Um, yes, she does. Uh, and that's or like Pink and Kelly Clarkson. Although there's cool things about Kelly Clarkson, but but they but they are all like part of the label machine in the way that all the people I named are not. Yeah. And so yeah. and so that's like to, the, to me the interesting thing is that movement away from that and that sort of like I'm a I Who's am an the one artist. Who's been fighting for her ind- independence? Uh, is it Keyless? Yes. Well, oh no, Kesha, Kesha. Kesha, yeah, right. yeah, Kesha, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Uh, she got, she got like, um, like, it sounded like it was kind of like a hostage situation that she was in. Yeah, Kesha was, Kesha Contra- was repeatedly, yeah, pretty much was. Kesha, Kesha was, and by, and by, she was being forced to work with a producer who had repeatedly raped her. Yes, um, yeah. So yes, Kesha is uh, definitely. The counterpoint to everything I just said in terms of like what has happened to her, um, but on the other hand, uh, like I, I'm not a fan of her music, but obviously that has nothing to do with how horrible what happened to her is. But she was also like on the Grammys I, this I year. I don't think she's a fan of her music. I think she's wanting to do her own thing and has been fighting to be able to do that. And I think she just recently was like got released from her thing or whatever. Yeah, I had I had the interesting experience uh, a couple of years ago, and I was still in New York. Of um, I know this girl who works as a 
Like I knew she was a friend of a friend who works in the industry as an A&R rep. And I went on a date with her once. And it ended really promptly because uh, she was defending Dr. Luke, who is the producer who rapes Kesha. And she was like, oh, yeah, but I know people who know Kesha, and she makes shit up. And I was just like, god damn. I was like, god damn. I was like, the the music industry. I doubt she still says that shit because we're in the post-Harvey Weinstein moment. But, uh, but yeah, the music industry has been... And this is why what Sinead O'Connor had to say to Miley was but a little bit valuable. The music really had its, had, had its reckoning, like, like the movie in... No, and the closest we've gotten is Kesha, who was at least able to... Who was at least given this platform on the Grammys this year to come and like sing a song about her liberation with a bunch of other women singing with her, and there was something very cathartic about it. Um, but yeah, Kesha is uh, what has happened to her is the dark underbelly of everything I'm saying, for sure. It is is definitely worth having as part of the conversation. It's it's not to say that we're in this that this generation of pop stars has meant liberation of women because Kesha is definitely a cautionary tale that some of the same old shit is still happening to women in the industry. Well, I mean, <laughs> me, me too is a, a thing that uh, just happened in the last uh, six months or so. So yeah, yeah. Of, of course, that, yeah, of Andy, course that hasn't gone away. But as Andy says, like that's, that's the, the music industry, the recording industry hasn't gone through that same. That's true. That's record. very true. Um, like uh, just to name a case study, um, band that I'm a huge fan of, uh, Modest Mouse, um, Isaac Brock was very credibly accused of rape. Um, and nothing has ever happened to him, ever. There's been no consequence for that. Yeah, and, 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 yeah, <laughs> like, I'll, I'll give another example. They, a person who is finally seems to be getting his reckoning. R fucking Kelly. Yeah, Jesus, R. Kelly. He peed on underage girls. On tape. On tape. On tape. And everybody knew about it. And that was like fucking a decade ago. And nothing happened to him. And then it, then it came Ooh. out that, uh, there was a, a huge, very well reported, very well sourced, um, story about how he basically ran a sex cult. Yeah, but even before that, see, there was a journalist who was on the R. Kelly beat and nobody was listening to yeah. him for a decade. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, even yeah. before that, there was this, like, discussion that, like, he would go back to his old high school in Chicago uh-huh. and the girl who, or the woman, the woman who was the choir teacher would basically, like, set him up with the girls mm-hmm. there. Like, R. Kelly's had a well-oiled child-fucking mm-hmm. machine for decades. Everybody that watched Chappelle and, knew, knew, you know, that was funny, yeah, but it was real. But that's, <laughs> but that's, that's sort of the, that's sort of the point. It's like, when you talk about an open secret, or you talk about like Cosby or Harvey Weinstein and this thing of like everybody knows, everybody knows about R. Kelly. Yeah, or Russell Simmons. Everybody knew about Russell Simmons, apparently. Um, everybody knows. Um, Jimmy Page fucked. Yeah, children. like that. Like that. Well, but also, yeah, like that Led Zeppelin mud shark story isn't that fucking funny? No, it's not. It's not funny. It's not funny at all. No, it's just disgusting, and it's, really. And it's, and it's, but it's part of their legacy is like, oh, they were so cool that they raped a girl with a Yeah, that, yeah, that's it. That's exactly, (laughs) that's exactly the thing. Because, uh, like those 1970s, like, uh, when rock and roll, like, first became like a big, like, money making venture, you know? Um, and all those bands became huge. 
Like that was part of the mythos, right? That yes, that they would fuck all these groupies who were teenage girls, and they would have their way with them, do whatever they wanted with them. And at the time, and, I mean, that and goes even back to Jerry Lee Lewis. yeah, and even for like decades later, like that was like that. That's how Jerry cool Lewis and his they were. Year old cousin. That's how cool they were. That's how awesome they were. Um, that they would do that when it, that's disgusting. That's horrible. It's really shitty behavior. And, and, the, but the, and, and as you say, it's something that we expect out of like pop stars. And that's part of the reason. So like R. Kelly seems to be getting his reckoning now. There seems to be a movement right now about not letting him perform anymore. And, and, uh, like Vince Staples did a really amazing interview at Coachella where he talked about, he's like, how can you talk about how controversial I am when R. Kelly like fucks right, little girls? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's and that's a reasonable point, Vince Staples. That, I mean, that's, that's probably be like every, everyone's excuse for everything. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. We Donald Trump's set, new line of reasoning <laughs> with the press. We, we we shouldn't set the bar that low. That as long as you're better than R. Kelly, you're all right. But, <laughs> yeah, definitely. But, I, <laughs> but I'm sure that's but, one of the one of the pathways to idiocracy. So. Yeah, but he's he's a guy who's like one of one these of the dudes who's like, it's time for R. Kelly to get his fucking reckoning, and it's past time because he has left carnage in his wake yeah, for it's, decades. It's way and like, and like, past time for R. Kelly to get his yeah. fucking reckoning. Yeah, yeah, it, and, it, and, and like is, that. The, the, the first the first time that he was caught on videotape peeing on an underage a little girl, girl. Yeah, a little girl, yeah, that. Yeah, that was the time for him to get his reckoning. Let's well, say, when R. Kelly, R. Kelly <laughs> is like, like, uh, what was I going to say about R. Kelly? Oh, uh, uh, yeah, it's way past time for him to get his reckoning. And there's like, there's something so insidious about how, I mean, R. Kelly is a perfect example of how we don't take that shit seriously. Yeah. And, and. Moreover, James Brown it's too. The perfect example. And Chuck and Berry. Ch- yeah, and Chuck Berry. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's like these people. Like there's a thing. There's this expectation of like men in power, and it reflects in. And again, part of the importance of all these women who are asserting themselves as artists is that it has, of course, it has reflected in uh, the ability of women to have opportunities as artists or to be taken seriously yeah. as artists. Yeah. Definitely. And so. So there's there's something, uh, yeah, there's something very insidious, and and just that so recently there were people I knew, women I knew, who work in the industry who were on Dr. Luke's side. Uh, kind of goes to show you, like this this notion of like, oh well, Kesha's a crazy bitch and she says these things, and that might very well be true, and it can also be true that somebody who's a little bit crazy could gets still get raped, fucking raped, yeah. Yeah, in fact, it's that's, probably more likely the case that somebody who's a little bit crazy um, might get raped. Yeah, and so and so that that's the relevance of the story of like Rihanna can never shake the Chris Brown thing, or that Amy Winehouse was so exploited mm-hmm. by men yeah. in in her life is that like women who for some women reason, who are already marginalized for whatever reason um, get yeah, get and taken there's this this question of like this question of like distinguishing the art from the artist you know and like with r kelly you really like woody allen r kelly's art is about his shittiness yes yes so you can't yeah you can't you, you can't, can't separate it. you can't make that distinction or louis C- you cannot louis separate C-K. it thankfully it's not very good so it's not really much of a struggle so. <laughs> yeah fair enough fair enough 
but there's but there's the the other side of that has to be that we that we recognize that um like i don't know like like with all of these things like with any kind of of bigotry or systematic oppression of any class of people we all lose out we all lose out on all the women artists we didn't get to yes, hear yes absolutely for decades absolutely absolutely and and that's that's a thing that's very worth remembering and like and, ho- and hopefully like i said hopefully the fact of all these women asserting their artistry all at once and being all of the most prominent people in the industry uh, is is going to matter in that way. It's going to make it, it... It makes it so that it's not strange for a woman to be an artist. And there's always been this thing, talking about separating the art from the artist, of, like, men's shitty behavior being... Excused, ...forgiven of course. because they're an artist. Yes. Yeah, and like, definitely. And, like, yeah, like... I know he beats his wife, but like he's a great artist, and great artists can be like that, you know. Yeah, I know. And I know he's an alcoholic, have... and he's probably raped some women, and he beats his wife. But but damn, he writes some great music. Yeah, yeah. And that is a, that is a, that is a thing that women have never been afforded. Mm-hmm. And the backlash to people like Miley Cyrus, Amy Winehouse, uh, Rihanna, is part of that. Yeah, is part of that tradition. Yeah, definitely. Of like, if men had done the same shit. We think they're artists, and if women do it, uh, we think they're crazy mm-hmm. or they're out of line mm-hmm. in some way. And so, and so that's that's the that that is the real importance of somebody like Beyonce, Lady Gaga, Miley Cyrus, Janelle Monae, etc. To just be like, no, fuck that. I'm gonna do. No, fuck I'm that. gonna like, do what I'm, I'm gonna do. Yeah. And it's not that it's not that the fact that they're women is incidental to their artistry. It's very much part of their artistry. Mm-hmm. And that matters. That matters in terms of how we look at art. And so, yes, that's my conclusion. My conclusion is that besides the fact that these people are making fucking great records that everybody should listen to, they are also culturally extremely important. Yeah, and I want to pick up on uh, something you said just a little bit earlier, because, uh, of course, um, Dark Horse uh, has uh, been critical of this podcast um, for the lack, oh, he's of, gonna love this one. For the lack of um, female uh, representation, among other things, but but that yeah, I got you, Dark Horse. Don't worry about it. But 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 no, you you made a really good point, which is that um, and I I could I mean I love all kinds of female artists and I, that I would love to talk about on this podcast, but you you make a very good point, which is that how many like. You know, when you think of, like, the great artists of rock history or whatever, you know, you start with, like, Elvis, and then you go through, like, the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, the Led Zeppelins, um, up through, like, Michael Jackson, Prince, um, up through the present day. Mostly, all of the big ones, all the big touchstones are going to be males. And that's not an accident. Like, that's... Be- no, it's a reflection of a pervasive sexism in the industry and in the exactly. culture. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and, you know, it, it's a, which is not to say that his, his point is wrong. His point is correct. Um, we probably haven't, um, highlighted enough women, um, on this show so far. But, but that's also what the pervasive sexist system has put in front of us that all of the biggest and greatest and best musicians, um, are men. And that women, um, for the most part, uh, have been kind of shunted off to the sidelines if they're ever hurt at all. 
Well, and you're 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 right about everything except for best, of course, because uh, as Wilco said, the greatest band has never been signed, and this is one of the reasons. Um, so it is the case that you know, like, but but it is you risk tokenizing if you're like, okay, let's do an episode about Joni Mitchell and Janis Joplin. No, just I, to have done no, one I, about women. I would never do that. No, I would never do that. And so there's, whereas there's, but it is worth saying, like there is this long history. And so as consumers of anything, I think it is incumbent on us to seek that shit out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like to, to say, to say I'm being denied access to women artists by a sexist recording industry and I'm not going to stand for that. I'm going to make a point of listening to them. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to make a point of buying their records to prove that they are viable. Yeah, I mean, for example, I would love to fucking do a uh, Fiona Apple uh, episode. Unfortunately, Sanford doesn't know much about Fiona Apple. Yeah, we. I think I think we lost him. We did. He is now offline. Um, which is actually um, we're oh well over the three hour mark at this point. <laughs> so <laughs> not, <laughs> we're gonna have to break this up into I think two hour and a half parts. Um, which is crazy. Uh, like, uh, I, I didn't think that this episode would be this long, but it, but it, it flowed naturally. It was a fantastic conversation. Um, and you were a great guest, Ryan. Um, thank, thank you. Um, thanks for asking me to come on. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, so, uh, we'll talk to you on the political pod soon enough, I hope. Um, and, uh, yes. If they, if there's any two bands, and I mean that, any two bands uh, that you ever want to talk about, um, you are more than welcome to come back on. All right. I'll keep that in mind. All right. So uh, we'll call that good for this week, and uh, we'll see you next time, everybody. Good night. You never seen the light. You're walking like it every night. But I've never seen you dance, and I've never heard you sing. So how can it be a single thing? This is a rudimentary. You're talking like you're handy in the fight. You're talking like it every night But I've never seen those flowers in the bar of your gun All I've ever seen you do is run Is this a rudimentary? But tell me, baby, how does it feel? I know you like the roll of the limousine wheel yeah. And they all get them You never seen the light. You're walking like it every night. But then I stop to think and I ask myself.